Jeff Tate's had historically the worst hair choices. <laughs> <laughs> episode of musical squares where we four squares sit in a circle and discuss and rate an album and put it on a big old list to find the best and worst albums of all time yippee i'm dennis i'm max i'm brett and i'm nick very good still the same people it's always really it's great for continuity we're getting better really like pbs when you start it <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting better at that at that intro swing just wait for next time. It's going to be my turn. Yeah, it was it, that was our first try. Yeah, we nailed it. It's take one. Yeah. <laughs> now that that's all been established, the album we're talking about is The Incredible, Jimmy Smith, The Cat. Don't give away your opinions already. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, I know you're being funny. The um, Cat. But that is, that is what he's credited as. Uh, wow. <laughs> Increíble. Brett might have listened to the wrong album this week. (laughs) Oh, did you just listen to normal Jimmy Smith, the cat? Because that's a different thing. Shit. That That was his like minimalist stripped down version. That's where every instrument is just replaced with a meow. And so it's like meow mix. (laughs) Meow, 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 meow. Yeah. Meow, meow, meow. That's not what I heard. No. (laughs) Okay, good. I think I'm okay. Very nice. Very nice. Um, Well, let's. Well, let's go around the table and talk about our prior knowledge, if any, with the incredible Jimmy Smith. Uh, Max? Never heard of him. Yeah. Never nope. heard of him. Nope. Nothing, <laughs> nothing here. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I mean, it's very possible that maybe I heard some stuff when I was, you know, in school and whatnot. But, I mean, a lot of a lot of that stuff I don't remember the, the name of, to be honest. Right. Um, I will say... I was, this is the only Jimmy Smith album that I was ever familiar with, um, where he's band leader. Um, it's definitely possible that maybe I heard something where he's a side man on something. I, I don't know. Obviously, we all know the songs from Joy House and Car- the Carpetbaggers. Sure. <laughs> yeah, all. actually, I, you know what? The Carpetbaggers was probably my first experience with the incredible Jimmy Smith. I actually made it on my top four films of all time. <laughs> That's you great. check out my YouTube video where I talk about that. Your your other film review podcast. And, and in every episode, you you talk about how much you hate The Godfather. Like, you can't stand how fucking film critics hold it up. And like, like 12, Godfather the 12 was... 12-episode series where I break down every character of the Carpetbaggers and their motivation. <laughs> like, The Godfather was a really shitty remake of Carpetbaggers. Everything's really a Seven Samurai remake. A lot of stuff is. Hero's Journey. Hero's Journey. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, so basically none of us have a whole lot of experience with Jimmy Smith. Um, How did you hear about this? uh, So the way I knew about Jimmy Smith is Blue Note, the record label, I mean, huge jazz label. uh, They, at some point, they started putting out like five album collections of artists that were on their label way back in the day. And Jimmy Smith had two of them. And I I was just buying those up just as like, a good cheap way to get jazz albums to listen to. Um, I mean, I'd assume that if they were on blue note, they're pretty good. And I mean, there is a standard to, to those albums where they all are pretty good. Um, and then this one was actually not included in that. 
but this and the sermon were his highest rated albums that I found. So I bought those separate and then I just randomly put this one on at some point and it, it's the only thing I know of Jimmy Smith. It's still the only thing I've heard from him. Um, and yeah, I segued from Howlin' Wolf to the cat and yeah. An admirable stretch. Yeah. I'd say it was a transition. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't that out of left field. Dogs. You're after about five years. The way you got to it was strange. Maybe. <laughs> oh, from Primitive Man? Yeah, he said, he said. Did you mm. give me a little backstory, a little bit of flavor? Yeah, okay. A little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> you got to build a world. <laughs> yeah, I was building a universe. So it's all, it's all in a connected universe, you know? Can I see that? Yeah, let's, let's all take a look at the, uh, the cover art. Uh, it's basically what you'd expect from an album called The Cat. I'm gonna. I love. I like. I like this album cover a lot. I like I it think too. It's great. I, I like that the cat's eyes are red. It's yeah. ominous. It is. I only had one note about the album cover. It just said uh, it doesn't lie. Yeah. The album cover is like it's got an ominous vibe, as you say, but it also is like kind of nice. You know, like it's just a little kitty cat running through the fog. You know, we all know a cat, <laughs> so it's familiar. <laughs> really I speaks actually, to those of us who have that experience of. Knowing what a cat is. I actually have two cats. And then red, not a lot of people know this, represents aggression. Power. Power. Mm -hmm. Red Uh, makes me uh, anxious. It pumps through our hearts. Mm. And that's kind of how I feel about jazz. (laughs) I've actually got cats in my veins. That's what you guys think he's saying with that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I remember watching A Clockwork Orange and... English class, and they were like, the opening scene is orange, and that represents hunger. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's yellow. Stupid. Really, Jimmy Smith is just like, I, you know, it, it's called the cat, put a cat on it. Oh, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cooler cat than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a cooler cover than it should be when it's just an out-of-focus cat walking through a red, uh, red-lit smoke machine. Yeah, I feel like it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be as cool if it was just like an in focus nice picture of just a cat. Yeah. Now it's kinda like dangerous. It's like machine head. They're all fucking blurry, you know? It's just kinda weird. I mean it's not like that, but it is. It is it, yeah, it's blurry, not warped like machine head, but yeah. I can see that. Maybe a little Jimmy Smith influenced Deep right. Purple. I mean yeah. with the organ part of here for maybe. first. Oops. And Rob Flynn. Yeah, Rob, Rob Flynn too. I've actually read, I read a lot of Rob Flynn interviews and he mentions Jimmy Smith's The Cat. Every single one. Wow. Who's Rob Flynn? From Machine Head. From Machine Head. Oh. <laughs> that was a Machine Head, Machine Head joke. Oh. Remember, I'm just sure everyone got it. Put your middle <laughs> fingers up if you don't give a, a fuck. fuck. You know that, Rob. Gotta go dumpster diving for books <laughs> or whatever he says. I kind of remember that. Beard sticking locks nerd. <laughs> I don't know how you could forget any pure, of that, bro. Pure, pure poetry. <laughs> that dude's like 55. <laughs> he's got to stop. Like everything he's doing. So anyways. um, Yeah. So, I mean, we're all pretty fond of the cover art, which is great. It doesn't lie. Yeah. Um, let's just give a little, little, bit, little bit of background on uh, the cat from Jimmy Smith. Um I don't know which number album this is from him, but it, it's pretty far along 
He's got like a trillion. Yeah, there, he's got a lot of albums before this. Um, it's uh, it's it's a big band album from him, which um, you know, having an organ player with a big band accompanying him, it's not a very common thing. Um, this album is unique in that sense. Um, the arrangements are all done by Lalo uh, Schifrin, um, who wrote or co-wrote the first two songs on the album. Um, and there are several musicians that play on this, and I, I really don't want to go through every single one of them. Pick the two funniest names. What? Two funniest names? Yeah. Um, let's go with uh, Don Butterfield on the tuba. Okay. That's kind uh, of funny. And uh, Snooky Young on trumpet. Okay. <laughs> Snooky? <laughs> and honorable mention to Kenny Burrell on the guitar, since he's an important part of the album, I will say that. Um, this one came out in uh, 1964, um, and it was recorded in 64 as well, which isn't that common of a thing in jazz, because usually these things are recorded years prior before they're released for some reason that m- doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, they probably just record singles through years and then string them together in a package. No, th- this was this is like usually, not usually, um, but it's not too uncommon for like the recording session of something to have happened years before it was released. Mm. And I don't know if it was like the label sandbagging things or maybe he, like whoever the band leader was just wasn't happy with it at the time. But I mean, it's a pretty common thing that jazz albums get recorded years prior than they're released. Um, I mean, it, it, it varies from, you know, one year to like 20-something. Hmm. It happens. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's enough backstory for it. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's get into the first track, Theme from Joy House, a film that we're all huge fans of. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've just revisited them this week after listening to the album. I actually... Um, was actually watching it right before I did the last episode and you picked this. Hmm. It's kind of a, a legend in my household. Um, when when I was born, Joy House was playing um, on every TV at the hospital. Hmm. Some freak occurrence. Everyone had their TV turned on. That's why we call him Max Joy House. Beep. That's actually true. Mm-hmm. Well... <laughs> Let's get into the song. <laughs> it's a bad joke. Um, I like how ominous this starts off, and it's kind of misleading when the big band stuff kicks in. It's a lot of tension built up, and the horn section comes in, and it's like, oh, shit, this is popping. Yeah, it's some real cool cat shit. Yeah, yeah it's like Pink Panther. Mm-hmm. This, <laughs> I got yes. Pink Panther vibes through a lot of this album. I feel or, like uh, listening to this, whatever I'm doing at the time, felt like I was watching a wide angle helicopter shot of myself doing it in like an intro montage to a movie. Yeah. That's cinematic. Yes. I saw like a mission impossible style, like burglar kind of like slinking across a, you know, yeah. Straddling the side of a wall, peeking around. I think the, the Lalo Schifrin guy who wrote this song, I think he did a lot of like soundtracks to like spy and, espionage type stuff that makes sense that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah no i mean um i will say like just having like no knowledge about this at all um before listening to it the 
the big band stuff was uh like a pretty like at least on this track you know um uh was a pretty welcome surprise for me mm-hmm. so i was like oh that changes it up a bit like you know two degree and um it actually almost immediately made me look up when this album was recorded because i was like I was like, the production sounds really modern, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and, uh, which, you know, something we'll probably talk about throughout the album, but like, I was like, okay, 64. And then that still got me thinking. I was like, I was like, so even at the time that this was recorded and released, like big band stuff had kind of like not gone, but it had kind of made its wave and gone. I mean, that shit was like big in like the thirties. So it's like, this was almost like a nostalgic retro thing for the time. Even it was (laughs) big in the sixties with like the pop music, like Frank Sinatra and shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Big yeah, band the, still existed. I, I know it existed. I'm, I'm just saying like the, the peak was like, you know, not the, like, yeah, not like the, swing music. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so I was like, Oh, that's kind of fun. Cause it's like almost like for the time it was a, a nostalgic retro kind of sound that they added to like this more modern jazz type of arrangements, which is, which is cool. You know, it, mm-hmm. it threw me off guard a little bit because, um, this kind of this much like bombast. Yeah. It's like not typically what cool I expect. jazz with like with huge brass stings yeah, and yeah. symphonies. And I thought it's like a really cool sound. Yeah. All of the backing music is what I expect from jazz. And then, you know, does a bum, 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 bum. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, Whoa, what is this? I think that this song in particular, um, and a lot of the other ones on the album, not every single one would, I mean, we'll get into, um, as we go along, but, um, uh, yeah, on this one, uh, the big band stuff and the horns are all used to to really good effect. Mm-hmm. I think it's all even. Uh, it doesn't sound like. I mean, yeah, it's bombastic when they come in, but like it all sounds uh, logical and on purpose. Um, yeah, no, I like this track a lot. It was it was a good tone setter for sure. And we get the first sampling of. Uh, I mean, he does it in every song, but fucking Jimmy Smith just t- tickling the old ivories. Dude, my my favorite part of this. I mean, it, like every song is kind of a solo, but my favorite part of this song, he does this trill on the organ. It's like, yeah, it sounds like spaceship sounds. He does yeah. that. He does that a couple and he holds times. it for yeah. like so long, and it's yeah. like super fucking intense. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. That's that, that's my favorite part. Yeah, I, I know it's typical of jazz, but a lot of um, almost everything besides the the orchestrations sound very, you know, like this was a jam. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the history of the recording of this album, but I could definitely see it to where it was just like a trio, a quartet the, in the studio, and then the big band stuff was added after on top of it. I could definitely see that. There, I mean, I it think, sounds pretty well arranged. I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, like... The, these these kind of players kind of work from, like, here's the chord progression of this song. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, fucking yeah. play this until I do this. They like it's swing style... You know, this yeah. tempo, here's the chord changes, go. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, it, in some ways it's a jam, but it's also like, they obviously his parts are written. Yeah. Yeah, it mm-hmm. sounds jammy, but the orchestrations and the, what's his name? Lalo? Lalo Schifrin. The, all of his contributions make it, make me think this isn't improvised. It does know? seem like relatively, I mean, just because the album as a whole is only like half an hour long mm-hmm. and the songs are pretty tight. I, th- yeah. I feel like that that extra addition of having like a, a composer friend there kind of made them kind of rein it in a little bit. I mean, you could tell like the solos and stuff and the typical like chord progression stuff might have been this them jamming on that, but like the breaks and like where they 
you know, have the melodies and stuff like they, they definitely planned that out or, or at least knew it was coming, you know? So it's, uh, yeah. Or it's, like 12 trumpet players just got really lucky yeah. every time. Yeah. Improvising. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Lalo Schifrin, he's credited as conductor, arranger and composer. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, I feel like he's kind of the band leader. Yeah. Instead of Jimmy Smith. But I mean, and Jimmy Smith is just the prime feature. Right. It yeah. It feels like it's a Jim Steinman meatloaf situation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much. Mill- that's, that's Millie Vanilli and the other people. Feels. You know, hmm? Millie Vanilli and the other people. The that's real villain. Millie Vanilli. Yeah. Villy, Villy Manilli. That one of those people died the other day. Which did the real Millie? Well, Vanilli? I think one of the real <laughs> Millie Vanillis <laughs> died. That was more a case of deception. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah, they were deceitful. They were cheating. Um, yeah, I think we've we've touched on everything here. I mean, the only other thing I would say is the way this song starts off. It's um, it's a good appetizer for what's going to happen in the rest of the album. And Jimmy plays the organ well, and I mean that's going to be a feature, obviously, mm-hmm. through the other eight or seven songs. Um. Shall we move on to track two? The title track, which also happens to be from Joy House, our favorite film, The Cat. This is a really fun, swingy, funky song. This one, yeah, it, it. I noticed how funky it was. Not like it's super funky, but there's definitely a funkiness to it. And it's got this playfulness to it where I feel like there's some like choreographed dance that goes along with this fucking song. Yeah, it reminded me of the movie Cats Don't Dance. I've never seen that, but my niece loves it. Just about a cat wanting to go to Hollywood. Yeah. There's a lot of big band music in that, too. Like, mm. sing songs and stuff. Does the cat make it? Uh, yeah, but it's don't not, spoil, it's not what he thought. Spoil Picturing it. not a cartoon, but like a Homeward Bound style. Like, <laughs> it's a cat. They voice over it. <laughs> and it's like, it's uh, Matthew Broderick doing the voice. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> he was in Homeward Bound, right? No. He, he didn't do a voice? That was... Uh, what's his name? Back to the Future. Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Yeah, Michael J. Fox was the boxer. And then um, Champ. Champ. And there was Shadow. Yeah. No, his name was Chance. Chance. Yeah. Oh, Shadow okay. was the Shadow and the cat. And in the end, Shadow fell in the hole. And he's like, just, just leave, leave me. And <laughs> it's my it's my time. And Sally makes me cry. The cat. Sassy. Sassy. Fuck Damn, Nick. Christ, dude. <laughs> You're so close, but Sorry, just a little dude. bit off. My memory is jogging. I took that <laughs> I took that VHS to my Montessori school, which is like my the preschool I went to. It was like a Christian kind of place. I don't know why. My like family's not religious. But I took it and they didn't let us watch it because God didn't make animals that talked. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn witchcraft these kids are bringing I just in. Imagine fucking they are just burning copies of Milo and Otis <laughs> next time. Animals don't talk. <laughs> What was the, they what would was, not like Cats Don't Dance then, too. <laughs> what was the show it, it with the... Was it just called Bullseye? Or no? It was the show. It was the, the Bull Terrier who would, like, travel through time. I I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> what was Wishbone? That? No. Wishbone was the dog. He was, like, some sort of... Mr. Peabody? Or something. That, that, that might be it. It and might he, be Wishbone. He would go into books. Like Animorphs? You don't remember Wishbone? I don't remember anything. It's on PBS, wasn't it? No, it wasn't yeah. Wishbone. Oh, no, it was. Yeah, yeah. But he'd be like a pirate one day, and then he'd be Robin Hood. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was Wishbone. 
I remembered him being a terrier. There was like a quantum leap thing where people didn't know that the pirate that they were hanging out with turned into a dog. <laughs> Did he like take the place of people? Is that real? Quantum leap, that's what that is. Scott he takes Baculum? the place of somebody, yeah. And he turned into a dog? I don't think he ever, he probably turned into an animal. That show was like six seasons. There's um <laughs> one of my favorite jokes from Parks but he wouldn't and know Rec. It was him. He wouldn't know it was him until he saw himself in the mirror and he'd see the real Scott Bakula there. I miss shows like that. Like Sliders. Every week they're in a different crazy place. Yeah. It was fun. Wishbone, obviously. Yeah. Um, my favorite joke from Parks and Rec is the um, Amy Poehler's character has the flu. She's like crazy high on a fever. And she like fights her way to this presentation. She gets up on stage and she goes, ladies and gentlemen from Quantum Leap, I'm Scott Bakula. And she like faints. <laughs> Speaking of that, Bakula sounds a lot like Dracula. Coincidence? Which, Dracula has two of the same letters that are in cat. You're right. They have, they have yeah, two. We're <laughs> <laughs> in that. You just see that fucking episode of It's Always Sunny where... Scott Bakula is just a janitor now, yeah. and they're and they're like they're like, what are you doing here? Like, and he's just like he's just like, are you trying to steal our leap? It's a hard industry. And, yeah, and he's just like he's just like he's like researching a role, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, you didn't get a piece of the show, did you? <laughs> and he's like, I've, he's like, I've been working for forty years. <laughs> like, are you trying to steal our leap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, this song, the cat. Yes. Um, this one felt like a perfect glimpse into like the club world of the 60s. Yeah, this one sounded super 60s to me. Um, lots of like great brass swings and like it's just funky in it. Mm -hmm. I see people in like multicolored dresses like swishing. Yeah, doing the cat. <laughs> I like doing uh, the cat. A lot of the songs, his organ is more like solo based. Mm -hmm. I mean, he solos in all of them, obviously, but like this one and a handful of other ones, it's very, he's very like vocal with it. Yeah, he's, he's making like choruses and like verses and stuff, and it's like a, yeah, this one he has a really song-like structure. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, he has a really like uh, for a, a big portion of this song, um, he does like a really kind of like you know bouncy boppy melody, and then when he does start to solo, it's um, uh, I don't know why I didn't realize it in the previous song. I just wasn't really thinking about it. I think I was more focused on the horns and stuff in the previous song, but uh, this one when he starts like basically shredding the organ. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, it's like fucking Ingbe Malmsteen. Fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this kid's like, a fucking virtuoso. Yeah, he's really good. And, uh, but yeah, um, I had a note in this one too, just to, to speak on what you were talking about, Brett, with the, uh, like, you know, the choruses and melodies. I said, I, re I really like how he can, uh, like, carry the whole tune, basically, and keep your interest with, like, just the organ. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It reminds me of, uh, I know, it's like, Quite a leap, but like those Joe Satriani albums, it's kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, that's jazz rock basically, but it's the guitar kind of like singing what would be a, what the vo the voice would sing. Yeah. Know? It's a lot like that. It's, it, it, that's exactly what it is. I yeah. think, um, but yeah, he, he, uh, he demonstrates that really well on, uh, on this track for sure. Like you were saying too, like uh, he does it on, on a couple others, but a lot of the time it's just like straight, like. Yeah, just solo improv. improv, like whatever he's doing, you know, and um, which is which is cool too. But um, yeah, this one it seems like he really he plays around with the melody and stuff, and uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed this one a lot. Um, I especially enjoyed the guitar playing on it. I think that added a lot to the song too. He's like doing some. Uh, I don't know if it's through the whole song, 
but like definitely in the latter portion, I noticed it when, uh, uh, the organ is soloing the, um, guitar almost does like some like surf rock chord type stuff where like it, it's kind of playing it like that rhythm, even though the, uh, like drums and bass and whatnot are kind of going with like your more typical jazz swing type thing. He's kind of doing like a, like, a, wait, 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 wait. like you know, it's just, I don't know. Did you guys listen with like good headphones? Mm-hmm. It was really, I don't even, I don't know like if I'm tripping or what, but I like, don't remember it felt any of this really guitar. very stereo. Like the guitar was always on the left. Yeah. And yeah. like it's, I mean, it was a really good sound. It sounded like, uh, you know, you're in the room there, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I thought it was, uh, Kind of a cool mix, and I didn't really. You, nice. know, you wouldn't think of an early '60s album having like that good yeah, of stereo. That's production. why I said about the previous song where I was like, I had to look it up because I was like, it sounded like modern production almost. Like yeah. you know, I mean, everything's pretty clear. You can pick everything out, which is like the best thing for an album, like you know, jazz albums in particular. But like uh, you know, with albums with so many different instruments and you want to like pick everything out you can you can really do that like yeah with this to- one. totally so, you can hear every <clears throat> without like nothing, straining at all nothing like, muddles mm-hmm. i don't i again i don't remember like any of this guitar work it's really subtle, i mean it's like, more backgroundy in comparison i like, think i was know. mostly focused on the like the hammond the brass and the bass there's one song on the guitar solo but otherwise it's like <clears throat> Bloop, you know, just hitting the chords. Yeah, yeah on, on this one, he's just kind of like, meh, meh, yeah. Meh, meh. I'm sure if I listened again, focusing for just guitar. Yeah, I mean, I'd pick the, it out. The, easy. the guitar blends into everything really nicely to the point where if you're not like paying attention, you probably won't notice that it's the guitar. Yeah, it's also that like, you know, pre-distortion like jazzy guitar sound that's like right, wow, wow. You know, you mm-hmm. might even not recognize it as a guitar. A lot of the times I listened to this was just with like one ear in at work, um, just listening to it like on repeat. So I may you probably have, missed a lot. Yeah, you, you, well, you, no. And then I listened to. I it. felt like I missed some even when I just initially listened to it in my car. Like I, I had to I had to go headphones for. Like I listened actual, to it several times today with headphones in, just so I could focus on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was one song I don't remember which one, but I tested it because it was like a real. Tom heavy kind of groove and it was only on one side and I took one ear off and it didn't exist. So I was like, yeah, it is like, yeah, true stereo. Yeah. I mean, and Oh, it says right here, stereo on the front cover. Yeah. That's so, you know, yeah. And I, I don't know the state of like jazz production in 64, but putting an album out in stereo for like rock music and like the psychedelic shit that I know from that era, it was mono. Like mono was the go-to. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like all those albums were re-released years later in stereo. Yeah. Or fake stereo. A lot of the time too. Um, yeah. Just artificially pan it. Yeah. 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 And this one does sound really great. Um, yeah. I don't know that for, for the cat, I, it sounds like they're having a lot of fun with this one. It's a fun song. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, according to Wikipedia, um, this one kind of like avant-garde, funky electronica band called The Orb, they uh, sampled this song in one of their songs from the 90s. So I went and listened to it, and it's less of a sample and more like there's just some like bleepity bleepities, and then parts of this song play for like a minute, <laughs> and then it goes back to bleepity bleepities and 
huh. it was pretty disappointing. That's weird. I Just thought for I thought for a second you were about to say like a really long way of saying I heard and I did some research, but this is also the name of the album. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good joke. <laughs> I did a lot of digging, some yeah. archival footage. <laughs> I'm actually curious if Jimmy Smith had a cat. What if that's his cat on the cover? What if it's Could that be. what if that's the cat? Could be, but that that photo looks very nice, and I feel like that's a that's like a Hollywood cat, like a and he's in he's in the Screen Actors Guild or something. <laughs> okay, are we ready? Yeah. All right. Basin Street Blues. Yeah. Let's let's move on to the next track, which is the first track on the album to include the word blues. It's not the last either. <laughs> the first of all of them. Can we can we can we just say how like when I was reading through the track listing, like I literally got flashbacks to that fucking. Metalocalypse joke, <laughs> where the fucking the blues episode where he's just like, and he wrote the first blues song, which was Train to Coming Blues, <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> and the next guy, it's like, and he really revolutionized the genre with blues are coming on the train of blues. <laughs> well, it's just like on the last one we did with the muddy water or um, Howlin' Wolf. It was like, what were the two songs that had the same thing in the name? The midnight or moonlight or something like that. But no, no, it's that it was. Sorry, it's not that. It's that it was all night boogie, all night long. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- this to me, with blues being in so many song titles, it reminded me of like late '80s, early '90s, like hair metal albums where they would just have like six songs with the word love in it. It's like, come on. Yeah. They also, in the early 90s, they all started turning into blues bands, too. Like Cinderella. Cinderella, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, they did it before the 90s, though. That's true. They were ahead of the game. But yeah. Um, track three, Basin Street Blues. Um, for some reason, the organ melody, I think it's right at the beginning, it reminds me a lot of Pop Goes the Weasel, like the first few notes, and then that it kind of goes... It was a hit, yeah, but it kind of it goes off in its own direction after that. Our great, 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 great grandparents fucking loved that song. I don't know about mine; they probably weren't aware of it. Oh, it's one of the first albums to go gold. Is that true? Probably true. Probably true. This one uh, set the precedent. What are what are what is Croatian music of antiquity? Polka. Of like, how how far back? Like three hundred years ago. Three hundred years ago. What was popular specifically? When, when was Croatia created? Like the nineties? Yeah, got their independence. What were they before? Part of Yugoslavia, and then before that, they were part of Austria-Hungary, and then before that, Byzantine Empire, and then before that, um, the area was kind of the Illyrians, but that wasn't really like a actual civilization or like that. That was a very small like area of it. it I mean, it was. I, so barren wasteland and just like nomadic people is Croatian is traditional like Croatian folk music. Is it similar to like to Hungarian folk music? I've never heard Hungarian folk music, but I would, I would assume so. Okay. It's just that like Slavic folk sound. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's all very similar. Well, anyways, this song sounds like baseball to me. Like baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Organ is a very baseball. Yeah. I was going to say there were yeah. a couple of times I had to stop myself from writing down, take me out to the ball game shit yeah. or something. And then I'm like, no, that's just the this, organ. It's not, this it's not baseball. Dun, 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 dun. I, ne- I never thought of that because I, I mean, 
I really hate baseball. <laughs> I haven't paid attention to it in like. It's just the tone of it. It's not that he's actually playing things that sound. It is literally like that. just the instrument. Yeah. It's, <laughs> right. It's, but uh, no, this song um, I thought was kind of interesting because it's a. Uh, I mean, it, it fits in with the other songs pretty well, but it's it's you know one of the more mellow ones at least at first, and uh, it's like the horns are like just like begging to get involved and they they don't explode to like the very end really mm-hmm. which is which is kind of cool little build up yeah I, I liked that i like that they were just like a nice little compliment to it and they weren't you know too much of an exclamation point on the music but there's a nice like call and answer from the organ and the bass and then the horns complement it mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i i appreciate that too just because i mean I, I mean you know i made these notes after uh listening to this quite a few times. So I knew what I was getting into in the later parts of the album. But, um, if, uh, if they didn't have tracks like this on the album, I might've been a bit more annoyed with it, to be honest, because like, I like the horns, but like, they're so fucking bombastic most of the time that they're yeah. on there that it's like, it gets a little overbearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, really I'm glad that we have these, uh, tracks like to kind of break it up a little bit. Yeah. This song reminds me of, uh, that's life. Do you know that song? It's like Sinatra. A, yeah, it's a similar chord progression. I haven't, just, I haven't heard in a long time. Kind of, I, I mean, I know the David Lee Roth version, honestly, but it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty close to the original. I'm sure show. he sings it just as well as Sinatra. <laughs> well, you know, I almost as a joke. Uh, sorry for the sidebar, but um, uh, last night I had some video recommended to me on YouTube where it was like fucking, you know, Sam Hagar talking shit on fucking David Lee Roth again or whatever. They're fighting again or whatever. And, uh, presently, yeah, but no, but he was, I'm saying like, uh, like he, he, him and Roth are dishing out on each other at the, in the media or whatever again. Mm. And, uh, but it made me, they're probably doing this like kayfabe at this point. Like it just keeps them in the news. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, like shit, Eddie's gone. We got to do something. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, uh, it, uh, it reminded me of that last Van Halen album and how funny that single was, the tattoo song. Mm-hmm. And um, I almost texted you last night and I was like, dude, I got the lyrics for the new song. And I was just going to send you those lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I got I elbows got, on my elbow. My elbow. <laughs> Sexy like, dragon yeah, magic. You know, this shit just really poured out of me, dude. Like, I don't know. <laughs> let, let me, let like, me ask something. Is, <laughs> is Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony still doing chicken foot? On and off. I don't know. On and off. Uh, okay. Yeah. When David Lee Roth talks shit on him, does he mention that and call him chicken shit? <laughs> Zam. I doubt that David Lee Roth even knows that that's a band. <laughs> like he's like I I don't think he gives. You, you think he like accidentally shit. heard and was like, "Oh, I really liked this," and then nobody told him it was Hagar and Michael Anthony. <laughs> I don't think he gives any amount of shit about anything that any of them do. I think he like, only listens to like lounge music, anyways. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's cool. Thing I got do. hula girls. Did you guys on my leg? (laughs) Did you guys read how badass this the quotes are in the booklet? Give us one. Yeah, just the opening. Jimmy Smith, the cat, cuts through grease like fresh battery acid, like a modern day Paul Bunyan with a tremendous pair of hands. Jimmy Smith exerts enormous power through his fingers, and like that legendary figure from folklore, he wields a mighty axe. It's kind of sexual. And then shit like a mountain of energy, a river of power like Jimmy Smith does not need to make explanations. Jimmy Smith makes a high-speed telegrapher's bug sound like slow motion. And then there's like 
a fucking quote from like metal injection. It just said, this is the heaviest shit that has come out. <laughs> this one's for you real fucking jazz heads. <laughs> open up that pit. <laughs> I want everyone on the left. Yeah, for real, you got to open up the orchestra pit. They need to get down there. <laughs> Everybody on the organ to the left. Everybody on the trombone to the right. I saw, his, I saw him stretch out the trombone. Hit a kid right in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of trombone, uh, there's lots of trombone croons in the uh, latter like third of this song, and I like those a lot. Very smooth segue back into the topic. Yeah, yeah very nice. Um, anytime the trombone shows up in this album, I, I'm not even being funny. Like anytime the trombone shows up in this album, I actually I think it's used to really good effect. Um, mm-hmm. There's a song later on where they kind of do a a call and answer thing with the trombones, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, like this one has um, lots of swinging back and forth between kind of the calm, the boo do do do, and then you know the big ba da 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 stings and mm-hmm. it's, it's a fun song. Yeah, this one for me, um, I think it's it's slightly too long of a track, but it ends right before it really overstays its welcome. Um, As, like we were saying, it's a bit more of a building song. Yeah, uh, compared to a lot of the others, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. None of none of the links really bothered me on this album at all. Really, just because of, uh, I mean, overall, the, like we were saying, the whole track listing is only like what, like thirty two minutes or something. Yeah, I think it's not too bad. Very concise, which is a strength in yeah. my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, this song for me, it's it's more of the band playing well, and you know they're having a good time, and it's a solid song. Yeah, it's good. We move on to uh, our other favorite. Title film? <laughs> yeah. Main title from the Carpetbaggers. Hell of a song. I yeah. love this song. Hell of a main title. Yeah. This one gave me <laughs> more uh, Pink Panther, James Bond vibes. Mm-hmm. This one's got that super bouncy bass line. Yeah, I had a note about the bass it, line in that one too. It's really driving the whole time. Keeps it grooving and moving the whole time. This is the one that I <clears throat> just mentioned where uh, um, the trombone and like uh, I think the tuba as well. Um, the, the bigger brass instruments. The tuba's like right at the start, right? It's at that like low, little farty. Uh huh. Yeah, one. yeah. But like uh, at the at the end, you can hear it and the trombone um, uh, mimic the like baseline movements, and they kind of get off from each other at the end, and it's like it's like a round at the very end, and and that's kind of neat. Like kind of keeps because because the cause the song kind of has like the same drive the whole time and so like right at the end they kind of like mix it up a little bit and it makes it interesting i noticed this one is is a bit of a crescendo song yeah yeah it's kind of constantly going up until he said at the end it just yeah it's cool i like this one yeah there's yeah i mean it, it starts off uh i mean more quiet and then kind of builds up and then it returns to that quiet aspect and then builds up again um later in the song but uh the the horn section i mean this this isn't one that was written by lalo schifrin but i feel like this is i mean got his fingerprints all over it in that it all it sounds like dangerous and fun like espionage and spy as well yeah it's it's well arranged to classic lalo yeah classic lalo um i like that this one it actually takes a bit of time for jimmy's organ to come in like it builds up to it then he comes yeah, it's in not there it's, right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. and I feel, I feel like it's a big payoff when he comes in because, I mean... Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Play, yeah, he plays really fucking well. 
and that's no surprise. The guy did influence Keith Emerson after all. I can see that. Yeah. It's a funny anecdote. Um, I don't know if this was the first time that they met or just, you know, they were buddies and this was just something funny they did, but like Jimmy Smith just said hello to him by grabbing him by the crotch. Oh, <laughs> that's what? assault. Where'd you see that? Uh, I read it somewhere. That's how I approach all of my idols. <laughs> and all your idols say, that's assault, brother. <laughs> all my idols are 60s jazzmen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just how they greet each other. It's the jazz greeting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else that we need to add to main title from the Carpetbaggers? Great nope. title. Yeah, great title. <laughs> so put a lot of thought into the title of this track. It tells you exactly what it is. Just like the album cover. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move on to the B side of the album, and I I would say that this is my favorite track. Hey, too. yeah, Chicago that's, Serenade. That's what I said too. Me yeah. too. Pretty right. e- pretty easily my favorite one. Yeah, this one this one's a highlight. I don't think it's my favorite, but I do like it. Thought we were gonna have another Hall of Bangers edition here. Yeah, I guess I guess you just. Guess I you did just have really Hall of Bangers mentioned on this one before <laughs> yeah. this album. Brett, Brett vetoed it before we even suggested it. No stinkers. Spoilers. No stinkers. Yeah, no stinkers. No stinkers. This Except album the, smells great. Okay. Good. Good. I like the guitar. Two, on nos- this one. two nostrils in. Yeah. This is this is a, a yes. highlight for Kenny Burrell. Smooth guitar. It's the most prominent. In yeah. This. yeah. I love what he's doing. With the guitar this is the one that uh, sounds most like what I think of when I think of jazz. Really? Yes, because it's got that, it's a bit of a calmer song. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, it's got that, that nice, like, chilled out little bass line. This is more, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, it is like prototypical jazz, but it's also like blues mm-hmm. at the same time. Which, yeah, I, I had a note about the guitar as well, too, about how... Um, I just really like that uh, the melody. I mean, to begin with, I, I like the guitar melody, and um, I like how you know, in, in in typical like jazz kind of fashion, they they play around the mel like every other instrument plays around that melody for like the whole song, and it's really cool. I don't know it like the guitar the whole time. You know, he's just hitting the chords like blah 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 blah. You know, and then like near the end, right before the guitar solo comes in another instrument starts like responding to the guitar mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I didn't like listen to it that intently again the next time, but it's just something I noticed. Like they start like converse con- conversing, I guess. Yeah. Behind the organ. Yeah. I feel like almost uh, all the instruments in this song get to show off a little bit, but not to like, you know, an annoying overzealous way, I guess. It's like yeah. the best way to put that. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's really any, like even the horns, like um, you know, come in and they're they're really, like I guess I'd call them overzealous in this song and bombastic as they've been in previous ones. But it's it's used to like really good effect. It's it's uh you know not nothing annoying or anything like that. It's just, it just complements the rest of the song really well. Yeah, I wrote that the um the horns in this one sound very like superhero movie. Yeah, like, I could uh, hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Like that goofy Captain America movie from the seventies, just the dun 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, with Christopher Lee. Yeah, that was the sequel. <laughs> really, he was only in the second one. Yeah, I remember the second one he is a, his, he was a boomerang guy. 
Yeah, no, he was like a terrorist like, or something. And he could like, like turn people old and like melt them. I mean, Captain America fucking threw his shield at him and it just landed at his feet. And we're just like, God, you suck, Captain America. Well, do you remember <laughs> this chubby, like, do you remember also guy? Captain America, like, he kept his motorcycle in the back of a van. Yeah. And he, oh, yeah. like, yeah, burst yeah. out of it. And I remember him, like, beating up someone who was trying to mug an old lady and, like, old lady tied her still or something. It was funny. She was, like, trying to get ATM, like, $10 and he stopped the mugging. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Um, that was probably an attempt on, like, Batman, you know? The campiness? Yeah. I don't know. They played it pretty straight in that whole movie. They did, but, like, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that goofy-ass clear like, shield. <laughs> a response to it or something. It's in It's in the first like, Captain, a, Captain America of those movies where, like, the bad guys are on the roof and they're talking, and the guy's, like, talking about somebody. He's like, first he got smart, and then he got dead. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a classic <laughs> quote. <laughs> We still say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took that out of my rotation, but I got to bring it back in. Um, Christopher Lee too wasn't like he, he was. He he says like before Captain America throws the shield at him, he's like, uh, he's like, he's like you'll never match me. I was a jungleman. <laughs> like, like he says like. Like he doesn't explain it, but he just, apparently he was in the jungle for a while. So that gives you skills to everyone be Captain knows, America. Everyone knows old men of that era from England were all like, for some reason, in the African jungles for a while. Big game hunters. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that whole final Black fight. Like a picture of them with an elephant gun and a long beard. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole final fight takes place on like a nice like, like acre lot. It looks like my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a little pond. Nice little cottage house. <laughs> a couple of trees. Segwaying back to the cat. Yeah. I like the guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah. The there should be cool. more guitar solos on this album. Yeah. I, I would agree with you there. I wish there was more Kenny Burrell playing his guitar on this album. I think it would. I mean, he's a highlight on every song he appears on to me. And I wanted more of it. Yeah, I really. I mean, he, he definitely gets to shine in this song. I kind of wish he was able to go more in the on the rest of the album but i mean you know something better than nothing i guess <laughs> yeah yeah for <laughs> sure president I, I i will say too i'm uh i mean it's no surprise at this point but the um the jimmy smith uh organ solo on this one is really good too um i feel like he uh he's he's a little less like straight like shreddy on this one and he, he tries to he plays around with a bit more melody but it's clearly a solo it's not him like trying to do like a melody you know mm-hmm. and like I feel like there's a point in his solo in this song where I was like, I was like, is he just like trying to come up with a melody for this song? Cause it sounds like he just like plays like he'll play like a little bar or two rotation of like a catchy little thing and it'll just change it to something else. Like a dark, like it's like, mm-hmm. he's just trying out different melodies, but I mean, it works. It's, it's cool, but yeah. Yeah. Like just- he was trying to make a little bit more like of a, a melodic, sing-alongy type thing on that i can see that i mean this one for me i feel like it has a more melancholy quality to it that i mean the previous songs don't have and i feel like that's the horns in in this song actually like counter that and give it more balance i guess with the rest of the album um it's it's not it's not the last time that it happens i feel like on the album either um but i will say something that i forgot the opening to me Kind of sounds like a news program starting. I could hear that. Like it sounds like a little jingle for like your local news starting up. Um, I mean, I like that. I think it's funny. 
Everyone likes those. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Yeah, I don't that I, I think this is I think it's the best song. My yeah, favorite, favorite it's, for sure. It's my favorite as well. Yeah. I think is everything this, works. Is this one of the ones that's like a a standard? I don't know this song as a standard, so I can't really say. Um I think it might be the next one I'm thinking of that I saw was like a very common like jazz song and this was their take on it. Yeah, the next song. Well, let's let's just move on to it. But yeah, I think you're right. St. Louis Blues. Uh, the beginning of the Blues trilogy. Yeah. That was te- that was teased earlier in this that's album. Right. That's right. <laughs> the prequel. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure this is a standard. Pretty sure. Um This is the party song. Yeah, this one it opens up pretty busy and I really love the tempo. <laughs> I called it Tech Death Jazz intro. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that um made me think made me go back and pay attention to see like is a lot of this improvised cuz this one feels like an improvised like blitz jam um you know where they're just all fucking showing off yeah like uh, this one in particular i feel like jimmy shreds a the, lot the, the whole time he's yeah. like, <laughs> um but this song reminds me of that american dad episode where stan and uh what's the son's name steve steve, steve yeah where they they have a garbage truck and they're doing that as a business and Stan finds like cocaine. He like rubs it on his teeth and he's like, turns on some jazz and he's like, <laughs> like that's what this song reminds me of. Yeah. This, this song fucking like really just goes at it from the get go. Yeah. Like, and Probably, it's just like, maybe, and like, I'm just speculating, but due to being like a classic, they're all just like, know the song and they're yeah, fucking asleep. They're just they're like, like, fuck it. Rank it up, dude. Go fast as shit or whatever. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised with that. A, a lot of those like, you know, staple jazz tunes that they've all probably all these guys probably have recorded multiple times mm-hmm. and they're just like oh fuck it let's do it really fast this time or whatever and yeah I do wrote, whatever we want this is like a, a a virtuoso blitz yeah basically the whole band's kind of shredding yeah i think the horns <laughs> the horns in this song uh almost sound like uh at first before they like go into like the structured kind of melody they, they almost sound like kind of unsure <laughs> when they're first coming in. Just, you hear like a couple of them. Just, <laughs> like it gets really fucking loud. <laughs> I, th- I I will say for me, the horns in this song, I think this is them at their catchiest. I feel like they're, they're adding hooks, I guess, to the music. I gotta be honest, like the, the melody is not really coming to me. Um, off memory, all, all I really remember about this one is the the weird intro and the and then just Jimmy Smith just shredding the yeah. entire time like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, I just remember him just lightning speed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I do love the uh, rhythm section on this one. I think it was probably the my favorite drum performance out of all the tracks, and that might have a lot to do with just how up tempo it is. Um. It's in this one and in the uh, uh, the last song, the Blues in the Night, the ending of the Blues trilogy, uh, where the drummer does that. I, I always forget what it was called, but the drummer, one of the drummers that I played with in a jazz band, used to do it all the time. But it was like this, like jazz drumming technique. I think I think it's called like a skip beat, mm. where they like uh, <laughs> they'll like 
light touch the the symbol and then they'll kind of like i'm probably fucking butchering this for drummers out there but like uh and the the snare they almost hit the snare like it's a uh like it's a symbol as a pose so it does like this kind of like and it kind of like it comes in and out like at like a weird cadence type thing mm-hmm. and he does that like uh and there's some like you know when they go into like the more up-tempo stuff a little bit but that's just like a weird little trendy jazz thing that's still present to this day <laughs> but but he does it very well because like the, i think the idea behind that is is that you can like almost mess with like the metronome of the song and the tempo and like it can almost like kind of morph around and it either lets the other people kind of go off a little bit and it still stays together so it's like it it's like a weird structured way of it making turns things into looser. a bit of a swing yeah like a swing yeah. beat but it's not yeah essentially but yeah, he does that in this song and the, and the last song that I that I noticed at least that jumped out at me. Right. A lot of the, a lot of the drum work didn't jump out to me except on um, the uh, our favorite Carpetbaggers, um, our favorite film. Excuse me, um, the main title, the main title from oh. Carpet Bagels, Bagels, Carpetbaggers, Carpet Bagels. Carpet bagels. <laughs> uh, yeah, hmm. all right, very nice. Uh, well, let's move on to the second to last song and part two of the blues trilogy, Delon's <laughs> Blues. Is uh, it is it Delon or is it Delon? This part reminds me of the Key and Peele sketch where, you know, he's the teacher and he's mispronouncing everyone's name. <laughs> Delon. A-A-Ron. A-A-Ron. <laughs> Delon. <laughs> you know what I think of is is Arnold and going, Dylan. Arnold? <laughs> like, hey, Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, he's Arnold. like he's like Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's like, dude, that's a bad Hey Arnold impression. <laughs> dude, who are you even trying to be? Th- this one is noteworthy. As Hel- Helga, <laughs> the one song Jimmy Smith wrote for the album. Oh, really? This is the one. Yeah. So is Jimmy Smith a poser? Do you think then? <laughs> no. Is he a straight up fucking wimp? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Smith fucking sucks. <laughs> This one's pretty standard. Yeah, this one, I, I like how the opening is kind of mellow with some guitar in it, but, uh, like, th- this is the one where the horns kind of bother me. I, I'd had that, too. It, it, I is mean, this the one where they're kind of they're kind of loud and they're all off from each other a little bit? No, that, that's the last song, I'm pretty sure. Okay. These last two, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know how to differentiate them. They blend together in my head. The horns in this one keep, like, hitting on a beat and it's yeah. like really distracting like it like it just jumps it's like just like your right ear is just bombarded with <laughs> like yeah. just all and of a I, th- this is the one where the guitar is like playing that little meh meh and then later they just get replaced by the horns and that's i, I don't like that uh, yeah it's because because they're still so fucking loud like and, and, yeah. and the rest of the music doesn't like it this is it, i don't know like i feel like he went like if this is the one that jimmy smith wrote like he wanted to incorporate the big band stuff, mm-hmm. but like, you can't just be like, okay, now all uh, all seventeen of you horns play the guitar part now. That yeah. was quiet before and subtle, you know. Like it's and just, now it's it's blaring in your ear. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and it just it it kind of comes out of nowhere. I do like that at the beginning though, when it's more of like the loungy mellow jazz and uh, the guitar and the organ are actually kind of like intertwining and playing off of each other, like mm-hmm. with the chords and stuff. That's cool. But yeah, the horns kind of like kind of drive this one down for me, honestly, which, you know, I haven't been like the biggest fan of them throughout the whole album. I know I haven't talked too much negative, but like 
sometimes they get on my nerves. This one, they, they yeah. definitely do. Yeah, for sure. And I agree with you. Uh, I will also say for this one, as kind of a negative point, uh, the rhythms on this one are kind of like standard fare jazz for me. Like I've, I've heard like early 60s jazz where every single bass line and every single song is just, you're just walking around. Yeah. You're just walking. And then the drums are just kind of that subtle, like standard jazz beat. I had that in the note too, that like, this is like the only song where he does like your, uh, the bass does like your, your standard swing jazz like kind of walk which i mean it's it's not bad or anything it's just uh no it's not it's, bad it's just like he wasn't doing that before you right. know like <laughs> he was kind of like messing around with the formula a bit and this is just kind of like i feel like he just it's almost like he got handed this the sheet with the chords and and with just, it just, yeah here yeah like you know these like, these okay. last two are also the two um like the two longest songs aren't they yeah um i think that's part of why they blend in a little bit together for me I can see that. Um, we could say that it's actually leading up to the finale of the Blues trilogy. It is. It is definitely doing that. Um, I mean, the, the final I think, thing. Uh, I, oh, oh you go, you go. I oh. was going to say, I think the last song is very different. but uh, I would just say it, Jimmy plays well on this one, just like all the other ones. But I think this is the weakest track. I think it's the most mediocre. Not that it's in any way like bad, but... Yeah, I'll agree with you there. It's not bad. Like yeah, seven no. tracks. In, I, w- I like, wouldn't say I wouldn't say any of the songs or tracks are bad per se. This is just yeah, I'd, I would I would jump on the thing. That I think this is the weakest one. Yeah. All right. Word. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Part three of the blues trilogy, blues in the night. This one is my favorite. That's understandable because what I really like about this one is how the majority of the song it's kind of stripped down to a trio. And then the horns just complement it later, and it sounds very nice. I like the way that sounds stripped this, down. This song is kind of like the, I don't know. It's not like an epic, but it has every part of all the other kind of songs. Like it starts off with a real singy kind of organ thing, and it's kind of chill. Mm-hmm. He does the whole verse chorus thing, and the horns kind of swell in. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of like And then it's just like shred a, for the rest of it. Yeah. The structure almost reminded me of kind of like a, uh, like a popular uh, musical kind of song or something like almost like singing in the rain or something like that. Yeah. Like it starts off with one guy singing and mm -hmm. then 10 guys come out and start dancing. I had a note in this one too, where I was like, the horns are actually kind of like subdued in this one and not just like the dynamic of loud. (laughs) So I, I I appreciated that. Yeah. This is also to me, at least his like best solo by far. I don't know if it beats crazy fucking shred. I don't know if it beats the Chicago, there's one because I, I really like that solo a lot. There's a part near the end. Well, there's two things I really love. There's one where he's just doing one note super fucking fast. It's the, like it's like the yeah. yeah he just starts rolling the rolling the key. Just yeah, it's like, but it's yeah, super. That's fast where it, that's, and it goes on forever. That's mm-hmm. the part in this song. That's awesome. That was the part in this song where I was saying the drummer starts doing that skip pictured, beat thing. I pictured him with two his two index fingers. Both <laughs> yeah. But. That's that's the part in this song where the drummer starts doing that skip beat thing and yeah. like the and the tempo kind of like changes and they just like kind of mess with that for a little while like the bass mm-hmm. the organ and the drums are all kind of like doing this weird morphy thing for a bit and yeah that that's they're really all, cool. They're all like on fire. And then the the other thing that's like my favorite part of the album, he does this upward like cascade thing. It's like and it's just like 
don't know. Mm. You, can, you can hear the Keith Emerson in that. Yeah, I suppose so. It is kind of like a, a strange shift. Mm-hmm. Prague before Prague. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, that makes me just think I would love to hear uh, Jimmy Smith on like some modern sense where he could just do whatever he wanted. You know, I make any kind of crazy sound. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that he would not touch a synthesizer. I think it'd just be cool to see if he was given like free reign of whatever kind of sound he can make. It's an interesting thought, but I think it's like, uh, it's just a different instrument. Yeah. Like not every, not everybody does the Herbie Hancock transition. He'd be like, these aren't, these aren't ivories to be tickled. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, I think, yeah. This I is refuse to tickle those ivories. <laughs> those <laughs> These plastic ivories. Yeah, th- I think this is a solid song to end the album on. Yeah, um, it's a good closer. Yeah. It's definitely, I I guess I didn't think about, like, what was my, like, second favorite song, but this this one would probably be my second favorite. It's It's the m- second most memorable to me, at least. Uh, one that I like the most. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I like I like the first two tracks a lot. Yeah. Um, and the main title from the Carpetbaggers, I like that one too. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have a second favorite song, but Chicago Serenade is definitely my number one. Um, would you say that the one of the reasons that you love the Carpetbaggers so much is because of main title from the Carpetbaggers? Honestly, I don't even remember the song in the movie. <laughs> It's the main title. How can you not remember it? I don't have that cut. Brad's like, I don't. <laughs> Brad's like, I've been falling asleep to the Carpetbaggers film for years, every <laughs> single night. Me and my grandfather watch it every Christmas. This is where we learn, after all these years, he's been lying about being a huge fan of the Carpetbaggers. <laughs> have you guys seen it, though? <laughs> Dude, take off your Carpetbagger shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got this whole... The whole uh, sheet music to the song tattooed on my back. I'm not going to lie, this whole time I, I'd confused Carpetbaggers with Joy House and just thought this was the Jane Fonda one. It's not. Joy House is Jane Fonda. Not that I've seen either one of them, but... <laughs> is uh, is Jane Fonda, Is was that Barbarella? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Among other things. That's a certainly a movie that came out. <laughs> <laughs> it is... That's where Duran Duran got their name. Really? Like the, oh, yeah, you're right. That was the planet in Barbarella. All I remember that movie is uh, the intro, which is just like her stripping in zero G for five minutes. You got to cool. ch- change your clothes. And then, you know, just goofy 60s sci-fi sets. But sexual. But sexual. Yeah. But sexual. <laughs> um, what do we do now? Where we'll do our uh, our overall thoughts, overall thoughts, overall, overall thoughts. Do what? Do scores? Do another take of that. This is where we do our overall thoughts. All right, Dennis, would you like to lead us? Um, you do into guiding me. Well, later. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll, well. I'll lead into guiding you. Sure, <laughs> Max, uh, to, to to take it away. Um, this was certainly not what I expected. Um, what were you expecting? Uh, just more calm jazz without the big band stuff in it. Okay. <clears throat> I was expecting, you know, a lot more kind of, you know, lounge music. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. But, I mean, you know you know what I mean, just like calm, uh, quiet jazz. Um, most of my experience with jazz is Herbie Hancock, um, which is not a good ex- uh, 
representation because he was a weirdo. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he he did his own thing. Uh, so I I had a I had a lot of fun listening to this album. Um, it's real good. It's real good. Very nice. I'm gonna give this album a 78 out of 100. Nice. Well, well done. That ain't bad, Brett. This um, I think this is very good. Uh, I I didn't I don't have anything planned. I didn't think of a score until just now, really. Mm. Um, it's a really easy listen. That's kind of how I determine these things. Whether I can like it keeps my attention, you know. And for the most part, it does. But it it doesn't really. It didn't really like change my life or anything, you know. It's it's kind of good solid organ jazz mm. with an interesting motif with the horns that you know kind of. Um, gives it its own flavor. Like I haven't really heard anything like it, but I also wouldn't just ever put this on, you know, um, as good as it is. Um, so I give it a seventy. All right. Um, I'd like to interject real quick. Just sorry, I was playing a uh, uh, a video game this morning. I was playing a first person shooter, and I, I was listening to this um, over my phone speaker, and Bronwyn came in. And didn't realize it was coming from the phone, you know. And she's watching like heads explode and stuff. And she was like, "This is such interesting music for this game." And I looked at her and said, "You know, this is coming from my phone, right?" And she said, "Oh, <laughs> that makes more sense now." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, uh, yeah, but um, uh. Yeah, no, I kind of I kind of fall in line with uh, what Brett said, um, just in the fact that uh, you know, as as good and as competently played as this is, it's not something that I necessarily would want to like put on all the time. It just didn't uh, grab me in this way. I have a kind of a weird relationship with. Uh, music like this just in the fact that uh in my head when i listen to it i'm always thinking about how um you know even if i enjoy it and i like what i'm hearing i i always think like this would be more fun if i was like playing this like you know i kind of have like that permanently in my head when it comes to jazz or even like some blues music and things like that i'm just like oh well i would like to play this with a band you know, like, and, and I feel like a lot of this stuff, even the stuff that I used to play, um, in the style of this was, uh, you know, more something that I had fun playing as opposed to straight listening to. And obviously that's all personal taste and stuff like that. But I mean, do you think you get that from your uncle? No, I just think I, I get it from, you know, when, when I started playing like in jazz bands and things like that, like I, uh, I didn't listen to jazz before that, you know, and I mean, not saying that that didn't turn me on to a lot of players and things that I can listen to and enjoy. Um, but but your formative experience it, with jazz is playing, playing it. it yeah. And, 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 and I like playing it. I enjoy playing it and it's fun. Um, but that's always like in my head. It's just something that I can't like get out. Like, and it doesn't really neg- negatively impact the listening experience. It's just that I, I view it as more of something fun to do as to listen to, I guess <laughs> in, a, in a weird way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I would like to, um, 
enunciate just a couple of the things that I've said, um, uh, just in the fact that, you know, I do believe like the musicianship is like top notch, like the whole way through. Um, everybody's really good. There's nothing like that is like, I'm like, Oh, that's subpar. That could be better. Um, the production's really good. As I mentioned twice before, um, you know, I had to look up when this was made because it sounds like it could be a modern jazz album. I really like that. Um, you know, I, I, I had said at the top too, that I'm, uh, I thought it was kind of fun that it has that big band element just because that's a little retro even for, for that time period. And, uh, that's just, that's just kind of cool and fun. Um, sets it apart a little bit from, you know, what I'm used to listening to. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, it, it's fun and interesting. Just, just not something I put on super frequent. But I, I went a little higher than Brett. I gave it a seventy-two. All right, very good. Um, well, I, I will say I. This is pretty different from every other jazz album that I've listened to. Um, I've heard a couple other big band style albums, and I really didn't care for them. So I would say out of the big band albums that I've heard, this is at the top of my list. Um, I think this is this is the best one out of the limited number that I've heard. What are the other big band kind of band albums that you listen to? Um, there's a Miles Davis one that I can't remember the name of, but it's it's like credited as Miles Davis plus plus nineteen or something plus seventeen <laughs> something like that. Where it's that's the big band. It's like seventeen <laughs> other musicians. That that one really rubbed me the wrong way. Because um, this. Uh, this is like, it doesn't sound like a big band style, like swing. Yeah, not the album. not the typical big yeah. band, at least. It's, but I get what you're saying. I, I'm yeah, and th- that might be why I like it more is because they're they're more in like a complementary role instead of just like overpowering everything. This is more like cinematic, like yeah. additions too. Yeah, and I think I'm pretty sure this is a big band album, but the uh, the Duke Ellington uh, Anatomy of a Murder. Pretty sure that's got a big band in it, if I remember that correctly. But that one, I mean, that's a good album, but uh, I think this one's a little bit better. Um, the 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 Lalo track uh, at the start, and then track number four, even though he didn't write it, but those both have that like espionage spy thriller quality to it that I really enjoy. I like that sound a lot. I mean, the, I mean James Bond is what I would compare it to. Um, Austin uh, Powers, Pink yeah, Austin Powers too. Yeah, Pink Panther as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I was really into James Bond when I was younger, so that I mean, that's a little bit of a nostalgia thing, I guess. Hearing that style of music, um, I mean, Jimmy's organ playing. I really don't have a bad thing to say about it. I think he does really great through the whole album. Um, he shreds on his instrument. He's a master of it. Um, Kenny Burrell's guitar when it comes in, even though it's not all through the album. Um, I think everything he does is good and it complements the song and it really helps out. Um, yeah, the, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm not huge on the big band horn stuff and I feel like it doesn't detract from certain sections of the album. Um, but not enough to where I'd view it unfavorably. Like it, it's usually doing good stuff instead, um, and helping out the music. Um, I really like this one. Um, as far as jazz goes, I, I prefer more like stripped down trio quartet kind of stuff where it's more of like a melancholy, sad type of sound. I like sad jazz quite mm-hmm. a bit. 
Um, but as far as like upbeat, like this is this is a very fun album. Um, there's like a campiness to it, which I would I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, that kind of adds to the fun factor for me. Um, I do like the album very much, but I don't really consider it like top tier. So I gave it an 83. Zam. Yeah. Um, what does that put us, Dennis? Well, that puts the overall score at 75.75%. Mm, that's pretty good. Yeah, which places it in seventh place in the top 10. So it is just underneath Pagan's Mind Celestial Entrance, <laughs> <laughs> and it is just above Nas's Illmatic. This list is never going to not be funny. <laughs> Real quick, I want to say my experience with Big Band, uh, this is a joke. My experience with Big Band is A Night at the Opera by Blind Guardian. <laughs> Got him. I thought you were going to say Slip Nine. Oh. That would have been funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would have been. So my experience with Big Band <laughs> was uh, Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love. I push my fingers into my eyes, you know. Hell yeah. It's a doozy. That's classic these days. <laughs> that's you know? a doozy. That's when I That song it. is almost 20 years old. When you Oh, that's when you left the Slipknot life? Did you not like that he didn't swear on that album? He did swear on that album. Nope. <laughs> yes, he, he, say, does. he doesn't say the F word on that whole album to prove to the haters that he could write good I, lyrics. I believe Max. Max had Slipknot shoes. <laughs> yeah. Shoes. I had Slipknot shirts. <laughs> he had shoes, though. Shoes. I would have had shoes if I was born a little later. My parents Whatever. knew that I love Slipknot, so and that was flat. the only way they could think to communicate with me, so they gave me Slipknot-themed items. That's fucking bullshit. That's crazy. Hell yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That's kind of fucking dark. <laughs> Such fucking bullshit. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Very nice. Very, very wholesome note. Um. Yeah, uh, I think we've gone over where it places. Um, so it's the seventh best album of all time. Also, yeah. third worst. I like it. Yeah. Who's next? Me. Max will be the picker next <clears throat> week. Um, I think I'm gonna break uh break trend, and just tell you guys because there's hundred percent no way ever you would guess what this is. I wouldn't be so well, sure. Let's play Hangman. Okay, uh, the band's name starts with a T. That's not how you play Hangman. Okay, how do you play Hangman? <laughs> Tiamat. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is a uh, synth rock slash fusion band. Um, fusion, uh, so fusion of what? It's uh, not a the. We're doing right? another, we're doing another no, Thrice album. Yeah, we're doing another. <laughs> it, they're like synth rock uh, jazz fusion. Synth rock jazz fusion. Yeah. They're a modern band from Canada. Um. You okay? I have a T-shirt that I wear sometimes. Their band name starts with a T. No, I don't know. It's an it's a it's an anagram. Tell us. Okay, you yeah, ready? Go this ahead is bad radio. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, it's the band is called Twerp. T W R P. Never Fans heard for, of them. I've I've talked about them before. I thought you just wore that shirt because you're a fucking twerp. Yeah, same. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> we all kind of drift when you talk. That's fine. Um, the band, they're, they're, they used to be Tupperware Remix Party, but then they said that's dumb, and they shortened it to Twerp. Oh, that's dumb. Um, so it's just TWRP. The album is called Return to Wherever. All right. That's what we're gounced to do. Pretty cool. Very nice. Um, 
Yeah, well, I guess that's been another episode of Musical Squares, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, and stay square. Bye.